Well, we're in a series of messages this month called Habits. And our habits can train us in certain ways. There's a story about a taxi cab driver and there was a passenger behind him. And the passenger just went up and tapped the guy on the shoulder. And all of a sudden, the driver of the cab screams. He, he moves the car uh, with a huge jolt and they almost run into a bus. He slams on the brake and they stop just short of hitting somebody on a sidewalk. And there's silence in the cab for a moment. And the driver turns around and says, look, mate, never do that again. It scared the living daylights out of me. And the passenger in the back apologized and said, sir, I'm, I'm so sorry. I had no idea that a slight tap on your shoulder would scare you so much. And the driver replied, well, sorry, it's not really your fault. It's my first day as a taxi cab driver. I've been driving a funeral van for the last 25 years. <laughs> oh, it's amazing what we get used to, isn't it? Well, here at the beginning of January, we're talking about habits, and we're talking really about this idea about why is it so difficult for us to keep our New Year's resolutions. I don't know about you, but sometimes I get really excited about something I want to do and I want to change at the beginning of the year, and I do it for a little bit of time, and by the time this day comes, you know, the 24th of January, my uh, ambition and my drive is waning a little bit. And most of the time, it's just, it doesn't work. And so we've been talking about why it doesn't work. And been trying to have us slow down a little bit in this sermon series and think about it from a little broader perspective. I think we can be more successful in those changes we want to make in life if we don't think about it just in terms of a goal, but we think about it in terms of an identity. Who is it that you want to become? Instead of just setting a goal, I'm going to lose weight, think about it instead in terms of, I want to become a more healthy eater. And then, out of those habits, the goal will take care of itself. It's not just about learning a new piece of music. It's about learning to be a musician. It's not just about setting a goal for a race. It's about learning to become a runner. And that change of identity begins to change how we think about that goal. And then we have to think about the system in order to be able to accomplish that goal. What is it that we have to do or change in our rhythm in order to be able to accomplish that goal? And so I challenge you to think about what is one word that God might be calling you to that would help you to see or to focus on in this upcoming year. Maybe it's to be a more generous person, or maybe it's to be a healthier person, or maybe it's to become a model student, a more, uh, an example to the people around you, or a more godly father or mother or grandparent or whatever it is. And then, based on who you want to become, what is one habit that you need to do to get there? What is something you need to change in your system or your routine to help you get to that place? We learned that last week that 40% of what we do every single day is a result of habits, stuff that we hardly even think about. And so sometimes if we think about just one small change in our routine, like maybe reading a scripture verse a day if we're not, or, or doing a chapter uh, in scripture a day, that that over the long term will begin to change just a little bit of our thinking and our perspective. So I want to finish the series this morning by thinking about the other side of that coin. Based on who you want to become, what is one habit that you need to break? What is something in your life that has become a distraction? Something that is unhelpful, 
something that is unhealthy, that perhaps isn't good for your marriage or for your family or for your work or just for your own mind or heart? What is something that's distracting you from who God wants you to be? And how do we begin to look at conquering that habit? And so what we're going to look at is some of the triggers of those choices and how to break those cycles this morning. So would you pray with me as we begin? Lord Jesus, we come here this morning with all kinds of things on our minds and our hearts. And Lord, there's people that we love that are struggling, that are hurting, who might be going through a health issue or struggle in their family. And Lord, we just want to lift those people to you this morning, that you would care for them and that you'd love on them the way that you can. Lord, we lay our concerns and our worries before you this morning. And we do that so we can focus on your word and what you've called us to learn this morning. So help us, Lord, to set aside those distractions and to be focused on what you have for us. We ask this in the name of Christ. Amen. So we're going to start in the book of James this morning, and I love uh, James. It's a little book uh, later in the New Testament because he's such a practical writer. He deals with stuff that we talk about all the time in our life. How do we get through suffering? How do we find some uh, purpose in the pain? He talks about how do we deal with our tongue? How do we deal with the words that we say? And how do we use them to build and not destroy? He talks about how do we take our faith that we know in our head and put it into practical steps. And so we're going to start in James chapter 1 this morning, verse 19. You'll see it there on the screen. It says this. He writes, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. So as we try to think about who is it that God has called us to become, what is that one focus that God has for us uh, to think about? What are some of those habits that take us away from that? What are some habits that take us away from being a good listener? to really being intentional about listening to the people around us, our family and our friends and our coworkers? What are the distractions that take us away from being a good listener? What are the things that are quick to make us angry when we should be patient? What are the things that that get us frustrated and get us angry and don't allow us to have that patience that James talks about here? James says it is our job to try to get rid of the distractions and to focus on the word of God that is being planted within us. And so I want to think about what are some of those bad habits, what are those distractions, what are those things that take us away from who God wants us to be and the people that God wants us to become. Now before we can talk about um, breaking a habit, we got to sort of define them. So see if any of these relate to you or to me. Maybe your struggle or mine is with a bad attitude or a complaining heart. Maybe it's about um, your language or a gossiping tongue. Maybe a struggle is with eating too much sugar, too much chocolate, or too many snacks, or whatever it is. Maybe your struggle is with a technology addiction. 
being addicted to too many video games or too much screen time or social media. It's just sort of taking over your in-person life. Maybe it's binge-watching Netflix and not doing the other things that we're supposed to do in life. Maybe you're addicted to the TV, always having it on, always having it run in the background, and it is a distraction in your life or mine. Maybe you're addicted to a substance and you can't live without it. Los Angeles Dodgers manager Tammy Lasorda, he recently passed away, but he once described his battle with bad habits. He says this, I took out a pack of cigarettes, I stared at it, and I said, who's stronger, you or me? The answer was me. I stopped smoking. Then I took a martini and I said to it, who's stronger, you or me? Again, the answer was me. I quit drinking. Then I went on a diet, he said. And I looked at this big plate of linguine with clam sauce and I said, who's stronger, you or me? And a little clam looked up from the plate and said, I am. I can't beat linguine, he said to the Sports Illustrated uh, writer at the time. I guess everyone has a vice. But based on who you want to become, what is one habit that you need to break? And let's talk for a minute about why it's so difficult to break a habit in life. Have you ever thought about this for a moment, the difference between why a good habit is hard to start and a bad habit is difficult to break? Think about the difference for that for just a moment. When you start a good habit, it's really difficult in the beginning because the payoff isn't until later. For example, if you start a new exercise program and you commit to walking or running a certain number of mornings in the week, it's challenging when you first start on that path because you're gonna not wanna get up one morning and then you're gonna be tired or maybe your muscles are gonna be sore or whatever. And it's hard to get that rhythm started and you might not see the payoff right away. You don't see the payoff until later when your heart's stronger and your muscles are stronger and it gets easier to do. Or another example, when you uh, make a decision, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna finally get control of our finances and we're gonna make a commitment to getting out of debt. You don't see the payoff right away because it's hard work and you have to start figuring all this stuff out and it might not be for a year or two when you're finally debt free and it feels absolutely amazing because you've worked hard at it over time. Good habits are difficult to start, but you see the payoff of them later. On the other hand, bad habits are just the opposite. I saw this anonymous quote, I thought it was hilarious. Bad habits are like comfortable beds. They're easy to get into and hard to get out of. Isn't that great? You see, for a bad habit, there's a perceived benefit immediately. We can eat that wonderful dessert and it tastes so good right then. And we might not notice that it's hurting us until later. There's a little buzz that goes off in our brains when we get away with something. The negative payoff isn't until the future. We can eat all kinds of junk food now and we don't see the effects of that until maybe later in life or diabetes catches up with us. Or we can abuse our bodies or minds now and we don't know about it until later. We can go on a shopping spree now and the bill doesn't come until later. And so there's a difference. A good habit is difficult to start. And so what we talked about last week is how do you start in that change that you want to do if it's a good one? Well, you have to do two things. You have to make it obvious and make it easy. 
If you want to start something, you want to start a habit, you've got to make a plan, you've got to see it right there, and you've got to start over and over again making it obvious and making it easy and telling somebody. Somebody can help keep you accountable. Put it with something that you already do. Now, on the other hand, if we're trying to conquer a bad habit in the short term, we have to make it difficult to do. If we're trying to conquer something, we have to do the exact opposite. We have to make it more difficult to do. We have to make it harder to do. We only have so much willpower. We can only fight temptation for a little bit of time before it begins to wear us down. Samuel Johnson writes, the chains of habits are generally too small to be felt until they are too strong to be broken. So what is the best way? The best way is simply to avoid it, to make it difficult to do. I love how King Solomon writes about it in Proverbs 4, 14. He says, don't even set foot on the path of the wicked or walk in the way of evildoers. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn from it. Go on your own way. He says, you got to avoid it. You got to turn away from it. Don't even keep going to that same place. Don't go to the donut store if that's your vice. Don't pick up that same thing that is always there at the store. Just start to make your plan. Make it more difficult to do. Stop that rhythm that you were doing. And if we truly want to conquer that habit in our life, if we truly want to work on this distraction that is pulling us away from our family, that is dividing us, we have to begin to look at it in two ways. Make it more difficult to do and watch for the triggers. Watch for the triggers. Now, studies show that there are five major triggers that generally lead us in the wrong direction. You're going to see these up on the screen. You might be triggered by a place. You might be triggered by a particular time. You might be triggered by a particular mood a particular moment, or particular people. When we are most vulnerable to temptation, when we are most vulnerable to a bad habit, if we are most vulnerable to distraction, we have to know when that happens in our life and then try to interrupt that cycle. For instance, we might be more vulnerable to something. You might be more vulnerable to a temptation when you're hungry. Or you might be more vulnerable to doing something when you're angry. Or you might be more vulnerable to doing something when you're lonely or bored. Or you might be more vulnerable when you're tired. There are a lot of times when we get tired and our willpower is different, and so we give in to our bad habit or our temptation or whatever when we're tired. And so we have to be mindful of this and know and understand what is it that's triggering this distraction, this bad habit in my life. And then we have to learn to interrupt that cycle. Don't go to that same place. Don't try to get out of that same mood. Don't do that same thing when you feel that way. And we have to learn how to interrupt or to break the cycle and to distance ourselves from that time, that place, that mood, or that moment. Or you might need to think about the people around you. The wrong people can trigger us in the wrong direction, just like the right people can trigger us in the right direction. Proverbs 13, 20 reminds us of that. It says, walk with the wise and become wise. For a companion of fools suffers harm. It is much easier to live a life that honors God when you see the people around you doing it. Students, who you hang out with, your friends matter. Because if you are hanging around students who want to do well in school, you're more likely to be challenged to do well too. If you're hanging around people that just want to blow off school, it's going to be a lot harder to do that. We have to think about who is it that's around me in life and are they helping me to move in the right direction 
or the wrong direction. And young people, older people, all of us together, your friends, are they helping to call you into the best person that you can be? Are they inspiring you and encouraging you? Or are they dragging you down and getting you involved in the latest gossip or whatever it is? We have to think about the people around us because it's really important in order to help us get to our goals. So we need to think about it. What are the distractions in my life? What are the habits in my life that are taking me away from being present with my family or those around me? And when we want to conquer that habit, we need to make it more difficult to do, and then we need to interrupt the cycle. We have to make it more difficult to do, and we have to interrupt the cycle. Now think for a minute. Maybe your one small change that you want to do this year is to not hit that snooze button. Because the temptation is to hit that snooze button not just once, but then twice and three times, and now all of a sudden you're rushing around and you're late and you're frustrated and you're in a bad mood and you take that with you into the rest of your day. And maybe that one small change you want to make is to just say, you know what? I'm going to not do that. I'm going to give myself a little more breathing room in the morning and not be so frustrated getting into my day. Now, what could you do practically to make that more difficult to do? Maybe you want to take your alarm clock or your mobile device or whatever that is that's usually next to your bed and take it and put it all the way over on your dresser on the other side of the room. Now this is a little less appealing, isn't it? Because when that lovely alarm goes off, I gotta get up out of my nice warm bed and I gotta go across the cold floor all the way over here to turn that silly thing off. It's a lot less appealing to do it, and if I'm gonna do it, I certainly am not gonna do it two or three times. If you're up, you're already up. You might as well get started on the day. What did we just do? We took a simple thing and we made it more difficult to do. What is it around you that you need to make more difficult to do? Interrupt the cycle. Maybe instead of going to the refrigerator or walking around the kitchen when they got that late afternoon uh, snack, just drink a, a glass of water instead. It retrains your brain to do something different. We have to limit the distractions. Do we really need the news on all day long? Do we really need music every time that we're studying? What about on Amazon? Maybe you like to just click, click, click and shop away and all of a sudden you've spent something and you get the bill later and you're really struggling with it. We gotta interrupt that cycle and do it a little bit differently. Maybe you need to remove that saved payment information so you actually have to go when you want to buy something and get it out of your purse or your wallet or whatever it is. What are we doing? We're slowing down the brain process that we automatically do and we're looking at it in a different way. Maybe there's an app on your phone that gets you in trouble all the time. Just take it off your phone. I was finding I was doing Facebook a lot on my phone and I didn't want to spend time there so I took it right off my phone. I made it more difficult to do and I can do it at home on my iPad. Whatever it is, you need to think about what is it that is keeping me from having control of this in my life? What would happen if we began to turn down all the noise and all the distractions that we have available to us all the time? What would that look like for our life and for our mind and for our faith? Bad habits are difficult to break. And sometimes they get bigger than us. And for some of you, your habit might turn into an addiction. And it's something that you're having trouble controlling. 
and you try to hide it from the world. It's dabbling and gambling. It's with alcohol or drugs or prescription medicine or some kind of sexual addiction. And it just gets you over and over and over again. And it might be time to get some professional help. And it's okay. Because maybe you need to come to that point where you say, this new year, I'm done with this. I'm just done with it. And I'm not gonna continue to allow this to control me. And I need to break the chains of that and I need to say, this is not going to control my life. It's not good for my marriage and it's not good for my family and it's not good for me. And it's time. It's time to do something about it. You see, when you look at the direction that you're going, if it's not the direction that you want to go, sometimes we have to do a significant change in order to stop it. And for all of us, the habits that we have today will shape who we come, become tomorrow. All the decisions that we make today influence who we become in the future. So based on who you want to become, what is one habit or distraction that you need to tackle in this new year? What is one way that you can... Um, interrupt that cycle and make it more difficult to do? What is keeping you from time with Jesus? What is keeping you from growing in your faith? And how can you begin to tackle that one small thing at a time and then be consistent and stay on target? Years ago, the western U.S. was being settled and the roads were often just wagon tracks. And so somebody would take their wagon and go through these muddy ruts and then people behind them would just follow after them. And on this one particular trail, it was kind of winding, and somebody had actually gone back and put up a sign. And the sign said, avoid this rut, or you're going to be in it for the next 25 miles. Sometimes we just need to get out of some of the ruts that we're in. As we wrap up this series, as we talked about thinking about it from a larger perspective of who do you want to become? Who is God asking you to be and to focus on in this new year? I want you to think about what is one small habit that will get me there? And what is perhaps one small habit that I need to break? The whole theme of this series is to start small. Because when you start small and you begin to have a success with one small thing, it begins to change your identity. And you begin to think about yourself in a different way. When you're eating right, you're saying, you know, I'm trying to be a healthy follower of Jesus. And when I'm, I'm taking care of this body, I'm really taking care of this temple that God has entrusted to me. And when I'm thinking about my mind and what I put into my mind, I'm taking care of this that God has given to me and I'm renewing my mind with his word. And when I'm thinking about the words that I say and, and what I'm using to bless or to destroy, I'm thinking about taking control of my tongue. And it begins to help you think about that in a different way. So what is one habit that's going to get you there? And what's one habit that you need to stop? And we can really only do that through the power of Christ within. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, a reminder of that, right? If anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. And so we only do that with the power of Christ within us. He is the one who can strengthen us and keep us going forward. As the song before the message said, if we need freedom, if we've got chains, what is he? He's a prison-shaking savior. He's a chain breaker. Do not become weary in doing good because at the proper time, 
You and I will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, when we start talking about our lives, when we talk about the things that we do every day, some of those things, Lord, we're really excited about and really proud about. And other things are a lot harder. And that's things that we're super proud of or that we want to share with the world. But Lord, you know all that's going on in our hearts. We can't keep anything from you. And so, Lord, we simply open ourselves up today and say, God, what is it that you need to put your finger on that has become a distraction in my life? What is it that's keeping me from you or from those that I love? And Father, I pray that you would just do your work in our hearts, that we might truly, Lord, begin to put some of these principles into practice and to be the people that you've called us to be, not perfect all the time, but people that are just working on it and working on growing closer to you. So Lord, help us to do that. And help us, Lord, to follow after you with all of our heart, with all of our soul, and with all of our mind. This we ask in the name of Christ. Amen.